When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with Lakes and Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Wednesday, September the 1st, 2021. Kentucky opens their football season on Saturday against ULM, otherwise known as Louisiana Monroe. It's a noon start at Kroger Field. And on this particular podcast, this is the first of two preview podcasts we're going to have for the game. In this particular podcast, I talked to my colleagues, Mark Story, my fellow columnist at the Herald Leader, at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com, and with Josh Moore, UK football beat writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. We just talked about what we're looking for on Saturday. We talked about some specific players. We talked about something that we think that maybe hasn't got enough attention in fall camp. Uh, we talked about what maybe the attendance might be. Uh, so we talked about all of that and more. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. My discussion with Mark Story and Josh Moore of the Arrow Leader about Saturday's Kentucky-Louisiana Monroe game. Okay, back here on the John Clay Podcast. I want to welcome in my guest, Mark Story, my fellow sports columnist at the Arrow Leader, and Josh Moore, who covers UK football for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Kentucky's opener Saturday against uh, ULM, they want to be called. It's Louisiana Monroe, but they want to be called ULM. Uh, Noon start at Kroger Field. Let's start with you, Mark Story. What what are you looking forward to the most about Saturday? What do you want to see? Well, I think everybody's anxious to see the new offense and to see the new quarterback and see how Liam Cohen's system, you know, looks against somebody else. Now, and to see how Will Levis, you know, looks in a real game in a Kentucky uniform. Because obviously not, we've never seen either of those things before. You know, ULM was not a very good defense last year. I think they gave up 42 points a game. You know, they have been, you know, they have a brand new coaching staff and they've been pretty mysterious about even their roster. So I don't know that we know 100% even who's going to show up and play. So I don't know necessarily, you know, how great a gauge this will be. But I think, you know, you want to see, from the Kentucky perspective, you want to see the new offense look efficient and smooth and, and see guys make plays. I think ULM, they're not even releasing a depth chart, right, till the day of the game, I think I saw. Yeah, that makes doing the matchups challenging. <laughs> <laughs> Which Mark does every week. So look for, look for that this week to see if Mark met the challenge on this first game. What about you, Josh? What are you looking for Saturday? What do you want to see? A lot of the same stuff that Mark touched on. And, you know, I'm really, you know, if I had to pick out one thing that, you know, I think 
you know, Mark mentioned the efficiency. I think that and and just you know seeing what Will Levis brings to the table you know, with his accuracy. That's been something we've obviously talked about a lot and, and you know, was a, a, a talking point coming into, you know, before he even showed up on campus as far as why he didn't maybe uh, materialize as the guy at Penn State there. So I think, you know, that's something, again, it's, 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 yeah, the competition is what it is, but I still think that's something you can look at and get a pretty, pretty good idea, pretty good gauge of, of you know, how, um, you know, just how efficient he is with the ball, um, even against the even lesser defenders. Okay, you're Liam Cohen coming into your first game as offensive coordinator uh, at Kentucky, your first game as offensive coordinator in the SEC. You haven't called play since you were back at Maine, but you've got Missouri next the, on September the 11th, which is a huge game, obviously, for Kentucky in this season. Do you keep it pretty vanilla in this game, uh, uh, considering, as Mark said, UL Monroe, ULM had their problems last year? Do you keep it pretty vanilla, or do you just don't worry about that and you work on a lot of things that will help you prepare for Missouri? Mark, what do you, you know, think? You know, I've sort of changed my mind on that. For most of the summer, I was, you know, don't show Missouri anything. But I'm sort of at the point I put it all out there and give Missouri as much to worry about as possible and make them have to – prepare for a ton of things. And I also think you want to look good in this game just to create the positive momentum, you know, positive feeling on the team, most importantly, but also in the fan base. So I've sort of come around to the, you know, thinking that they probably, you know, they ought to show what they've got and and give Missouri something to think about. What about you, Josh? I don't know that. I don't know that either way. I I think as far as getting into Mark's what what he was getting into as far as the momentum. What is is there a you know if, if Kentucky hangs sixty on Monroe does does anyone really care? I, I mean I think I mean I I would argue they should because Kentucky's not been the type of team that even against the lesser opponent is putting up sixty. So in that sense, it would be uh, kind of you know pretty notable. Um, but. I don't know. I think I think they'll be more vanilla than not. I just don't, you know. I don't really. I think you can be vanilla and probably do you know put up a lot of points. Um, we. I mean, I, I'm. You know, I want to see. You know, when we talk about being vanilla, though, I don't know. You know, what does that mean? Does it mean they're just you know not going to wreak havoc in the, in the passing game as much, or they're only going to throw it twenty five times instead of. 40 and, and that, I mean I don't know I don't until we start watching this I don't really or at least I don't feel like we're going to have a sense of what this thing's really going to look like for for a couple of weeks yeah I, I think you know I think they're going to that's probably true because he's going to expand the offense as they go through I think you know he's probably going to want to work because you know they just had the spring and the scrimmages work on things that the basic concepts but uh to make sure that they've got those down. But I'm, I'm calling Mark. I wouldn't be surprised if they show a few things just to give Missouri, you know, something to think about. Okay, we've talked about the offense. Let's switch over to the defense. What are you looking for? We'll start with you, Josh. What about the defensive side for Kentucky? What do you? What will you be watching? I want to see those young guys, some of those young players, actually get in and, and uh, you know, show what they're, you know, kind of what they're going to be able to bring to the table in terms of depth. Because for me, that's the biggest – concern um going into the season about the defense is just the the depth at 
you know, really it, it's in and up now at, a, at, at pretty much every position group. The DBs are, are quite, you know, obviously have a lot of bodies there and, and, and guys that they can count on. But it, it, it really across the board, it goes, you know, you've got seniors, a lot of starters and who, who, who've given you a lot over the years. And then it drops really quickly to a bunch of guys who've never done anything <laughs> in pretty much every group. Um, so this will be a great chance for for those those dudes to get their feet wet. Uh, you know, again, they, uh, the week after next against Chattanooga will be another opportunity for those guys to to, to really kind of get in on the field and 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 get their sea legs under them. And um, but they've got a big game in between these two you know cupcakes, and and that's something you know this week they're really going to have to you know get out there and and get a lot of reps in. And I think they will. I think it's been it was inter- it was kind of good to see those, especially at the linebacker, those two freshman linebackers. Trevin Wallace and Martez Thrower on the on the depth chart there because, um, you know, that was something in camp that they kept coming up and Mark Stoops kept talking about how much he liked their length and, and what they brought to the table in terms of just their their, their frames and their raw um, ability. And uh, he wasn't just, you know, blowing smoke up them. They're actually there on the depth chart and looking like uh, guys who are going to contribute. And this should be a game where they get on the field uh, early and often. What about you, Mark? Well, there's a couple of things. One is more of a depth chart observation than something to watch for. But depending on you know how they choose to start, Kentucky may start 10 seniors on defense. I don't know that I've ever seen a Kentucky defense start 10 seniors. But in terms of concerns, to me, the pass rush is the big question. You know, can they generate it without blitzing? You know, where's it going to come from? You know, obviously Josh Allen in 2018 was you know the national defensive player of the year because he was such a good pass rusher. And the next year, they did a good job. Calvin Taylor was a really effective pass rusher from you know, as a down lineman. Last year, they didn't have that. And they didn't get a lot of pressure on passers. And you know, this year, you're breaking in you know, new starters at cornerback. So I think the pass rush is, is vital. And again, I don't know that ULM, you know, how much of a gauge that really is, but it's probably a bad sign if they can't pressure the quarterback against ULM. Let's put it that way. And how much of a factor, I mean, uh, obviously they're going to take it slow with J.J. Weaver coming off the ACL last year. We don't even know if he's going to play on Saturday. Or I get the idea that he will play. He may not play Saturday, but he, he's going to play early in the season. Can they get a pass rush with that J.J. Weaver? Yeah, I think that's a tremendous question. I think J.J. Weaver, if he were healthy, you know, I'm fairly optimistic anyway, but if he were healthy, my optimism would go up or if we knew he was 100%, let's put it that way, my optimism would go way up because I don't know that they have anybody else who has the potential to do what he, what we think he can do. I think they've, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, you look at Jordan Wright as a guy that you would like to be that guy. Um, and he's been, you know, it's not that he can't make plays on defense, but, but he's never, he's never become that, that player that you know as far as the pass rusher goes but I think he you know he's a you know and I think he'll start on you know he's going to start on Saturday you know assuming they come out you know assuming they come out in the in the in their base kind of package or the what was their base package I don't know they've got they basically they win all I think they're I think we're going to see you know a a lot of um Kentucky is going to be in that three three five alignment a lot I think this year And, and and especially you know if they you know if this legal matter plays out, I think Vito Tisdale is a guy that is kind of like JJ in that regard. You know, it, it's, it's, 
it's you know I think those are probably your best two pass rushers on the team, and, and it, it's it's you know got to be frustrating I would think for Brad Watt to you know <laughs> starting off the season and and you're not really sure if you have either one of those guys available to you here in this uh, you know I, I mean JJ will play I think it sounds like he's healthy enough to get on the field but um, you know you worry about a guy like that obviously. Okay, you brought up the legal matter. What uh, I, uh, for people who don't know, they have six players charged with robbery uh, and one player charged with one endangerment for uh, something that happened at a fraternity party way back in March. Uh, Start with you, Mark's story. Is it how big a distraction is this at all going into this game in the season? Well, I think it has to be somewhat of a distraction just because, you know, you've got six guys whose status is up in the air and just, you know, it's an uncomfortable situation. Now, you know, none of these guys are starters. You know, if you look at, you know, it does, you know, sort of take a swipe out of the defensive backfield depth, but, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's, you know, I think they can, you know, push forward and, you know, the, the guys who are playing, will, you know, I don't think they'll be on the field thinking about it, but it's obviously a situation you would prefer not to be in. Yeah. Josh, it seems like one guy, I think, it, obviously, I think Tisdale would have played. He's not starting. But Jutai McLean's the other guy who was having a really good fall until this jumped right back up again. And uh, Mark Stoops, you know, decided he had to sit those guys out. But what kind of distraction do you think it is? Yeah, I think after Vito, Jutan probably would have been the, 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 you know, the biggest guy out there. And, and Andrew Phillips, too. I mean, it sounded like I think he would have been on the depth chart if he hadn't, um, you know, if he hadn't been involved and caught up in this. Um, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I got to think it's got to be a little bit of a distraction like Mark, but I also think it's, it's different because all these guys, I mean, they're all obviously part of the same team and it's not like a, it's not like an internal conflict, you know, it's more of a, it's something that they're kind of all just kind of facing together. And I would think the team's got their back. I think it helps that, you know, I think Mark Stoops, especially this week has really come out more. Um, I'm not, you know, he was already kind of, you know, putting his, his weight behind the guys, but even especially earlier this week was really uh, spoke really to me. Like he sounded like he wished, you know, if it were 100% up to him, he would be, those guys would be out there practicing right now. Um, so I think that's, that, that probably helps in terms of, you know, making it less of a, of an issue, at least within the team. Um, you know, and I would think, you know, I, those guys are probably still, you know, I would think they're around in some form. Like they'll probably be, um, you know, watching the game at Kroger Field, some you know, somewhere maybe close. If they're not on the field, you know, that'll be interesting. I'm curious to see or will they be dressed on Saturday or, or in street clothes on the sideline. I'm, I'm curious to see if they're you know what what this suspension from the team entails as far as like that kind of thing goes. I think and you know, so that'll be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, no, it stinks. I mean, it's it's obviously a, a you know, anytime you have something like this hanging over your season. Uh, at any point during the season, but especially at the start of it, it's, it's got to be a little bit of a, of a distraction, I would think. One guy who will be dressed and who will definitely be out there is Wandale Robinson. Uh, you guys paid more attention to Wandale in high school. Josh, you covered him uh, than I did. Uh, for those of us who didn't really see him play in high school, who may have seen him play a little bit at Nebraska, uh, what, are, what are you expecting to see? How do you think Liam Cohen's going to use Wydale, and what are you expecting to see on Saturday? We'll start with you, Josh. I think Wandale, you know, I don't you know if you're if if you're expecting like fireworks right away as far as like a guy down the field that's just going to be you know 
I don't know. I, I don't think you should be expecting Devontae Smith top stuff, but I think he's going to be really – I mean, he's, he's really good with the ball in his hands. And, you know, he's, he's worked on – he's had to work on becoming, a, you know, a more um, natural receiver. You know, because even in high school, going back to high school, he was he was kind of getting direct snaps and playing out of the back, playing out of the backfield a lot. And, and he can certainly, he's certainly a, a good receiver. But I think he's, you know, he's had to work on that through camp and and then back to going to back to the spring and and he'll. But I think he's going to get the ball a lot. He's going to be, you know, I, I don't see any reason why he won't be the 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 leader in receptions more often than not for this team, <clears throat> and is going to. You know, once he gets in space, it's going to be – he's going to be in a lot of situations where he's going to be a lot faster and a lot shiftier than the guy. I mean, that's the thing. He, he's really – he's fast, but he's also, like, he's really just just shifty. Um, and I think, you know, he, he gives Kentucky something that I don't think they've – I mean, I think Lynn Bowden kind of was what, what what Robinson is, you know, but but he never really got used that way. Um or at least, you know, the, the way you would have liked to have seen him used, uh, you know, obviously, especially that last year because of how things played out. But, um, you know, I think he, he's certainly going to – he's certainly going to be a big factor this year. And, and you know, and, and a guy that they – I think if you had to pick a guy that you didn't want to uh, – you know, if you had to preserve one guy uh, <laughs> all year that doesn't get hurt uh, – I, you know, Robson's probably the number one pick. I don't know that you could probably make a case for, you know, Chris Rodriguez or something. But I think as far as you're just making sure the whole offense uh, kind of works how it needs to, I think you have to have Robinson out there on the field most of the time. What about you, Mark? What are you looking for from Wandale? Well, I love to watch Wandale Robinson. I used to go to a couple of Western Hills games a year just to see him. And when he picked Nebraska, I was really disappointed because it meant I wouldn't get to watch him. So I'm, thrilled he came back um you know he's not a burner he's not the guy that's going to take the top off the defense I think they'll use him in the slot and like Josh was saying where he is amazing his change of direction he's more quick than fast and he's really strong and if they get him the ball sort of to go back to the how mummy days if they get him the ball in motion he's going to make things happen I think it'll be really really fun to watch is he a Rondale Moore type guy does he compare you know, to him, or is he more Craig Yee's type guy? Or I mean, how I would is, say who would you compare him to? Well, I think he's a slot receiver. I mean, he's he's strong and he's quick. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I've seen Rondell Moore an awful lot. I don't, I didn't see a lot of him at Purdue, so I know more of his. You know, I don't, I, I have a hard time using him as a comparison. I don't think he's a Craig Yee's type because I thought of Craig as more of a burner, a guy who could get it down the field. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Josh? Anybody you compare him to? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't go. I didn't get to see Rondell enough in college. I mean, I know those two. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know that he's Rondell in terms of a player, but I, he's certainly in terms of just an impact. I think he's you know because those guys they're pretty close. They work out together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Rondell Rondell is very uh, he's highly motivated for this to be his only year at Kentucky too. I think, and that's something I think, you know, fans sort of have mentally kind of prepared themselves for that, but aren't necessarily thinking about it that much. I do think right. you will see Wondell used in a way that highlights his skills and, and makes him jump out <laughs> as a, you know, a, a draft prospect. And if he, if it left like Rondell, if he can, if he looks like he can be like a second round pick, he'll be gone. He ain't going to be yeah. in Kentucky longer than, a, you know, 12, 13 games. So, um, 
you know, I think that's the thing. You you just want to, uh, you know, I get my best comp. Maybe it's probably Lynn Bowden, but that's you know, I'm, I'm that's that's my you know, you know, end up you know, just not being having watched UK long enough. You know, like like you know, for you know, over the, you know, I've been watching football for about ten years or so, like closely. So, um, I think you, you know. I just think he's he's a he's going to be a real gadget, yeah, a great slot weapon, and it's going to be um, again. I think he just unlocks the offense in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, having Chris Rodriguez back there, somebody like that, uh, helps you know in that regard too. There's you know because they're sort of like the the thunder and lightning. I think is what you'll kind of be seeing um, if you want to give it a, a goofy nickname. But um, I think he he makes he's going to make things a lot easier for everybody else on the team. Yeah, well, I mean, if you watched any of the Rams' offense, and I'm assuming that William Cohen's offense will look at least a little bit like the Rams' offense, I think we're going to see him run a lot of jet sweeps because <laughs> the Rams run a lot of jet sweeps. We'll see how they utilize them. Uh, okay, I want to start with Mark's story on this. Mark, what's one thing uh, that we haven't talked enough about in preseason? Is there anything that pops into your mind that, hey, we haven't really talked a lot about this, but this is something to watch? You know, one thing I'm interested in with the moving Luke Fortner from guard to center, the last yeah. time Kentucky tried to do that, which was uh, 2017, uh, with Bunchy Stallings, I believe, uh, yeah. the snaps were a problem. So, you know, I don't have any reason to, you know, I, I, there's nothing about Luke Fortner that automatically makes me think the snaps are going to be a problem. But it was a problem the last time they moved to guard to center. So I'm, I'm going to be interested to watch that. Yeah, that, was it? Was that Southern Miss game? Was that the first? Was that was that its first game? Oh yeah, it was in Hattiesburg. That's right. And they had some problems with snaps, didn't they, in that game? Yeah, well, they had problems throughout, and they, you know, that's when they finally put Drake Jackson in. Was after yeah. they, they they tried that for a while, and it just it just wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Josh? What have we not talked? We've talked about a lot of stuff, but what have we not talked about enough? <laughs> yeah, Mark Court kind of took my answer there because I kind of thought that was sort of the thing that we've all sort of, you know, just sort of bought that as as a thing that's going to happen. And <laughs> just assume Luke would do fine. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think, you know, I think that will probably go better than it did with Stallings, if only because Luke's been part of this thing so long and has taken a few snaps at, at center at his you know time here and and done a you know done a, at least a little bit, but yeah, you know we're you know that's obviously a concern. You know that he did, didn't get brought up enough. I think uh, I don't know. Me and you, John, have talked about basically everything till we've been blue in the face. It seems like lately, but um, I don't know. I think the receiver depth is something that I mean it's been talked about, but I don't know that people are as ready for you know the I don't know maybe they are I guess as as much as um you know the receiver has been an issue lately um here but you know I think that they're going to see people I think people because there's a lot of fans who like Saturday will be their first time engaging with the team in any way right like they know uh, you know they're just now tuning in they know that there's they might know that there's a new quarterback for transfer. They might know that Wando Robinson's on the team. They know Chris Rodriguez is back. They know that Darian Kennard's, uh, you know, they never even probably heard that Darian Kennard was trying to start at left tackle. They just know that he's right tackle and they'll see him there and they think nothing, that's nothing weird happened in the offseason with that. I think if you are looking at that, though, you, you, you're, there's going to be like for fans who've just tuning in that 
they're going to see a lot of names out there playing receiver that weren't, you know, on the team last year or, or freshmen or guys that, you know, you're, there is a lot of expectation going to be put on young guys who never done anything or are, you know, new to college football in this offense. At least I think that's if, 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 if it goes the way Liam Cohen and, and Mark Stoops want it to, uh, that'll be the case. So I think that's, um, you know, and, and true freshmen at those skill positions can, can bring you a lot early. Uh, the question is, do you have the right true freshman and will they be able to handle it? And will they stand up physically, be able to you know, take the, the pounding of a 12 game regular season? And, and, and that's a lot of, you know, that's something that, you know, you can burn through a lot of bodies really fast if, you, if you're not, you know, if you don't have the right bodies. And I think that's something that, you know, to watch. One thing I'm concerned about is punter. I mean, Max Duffy, I mean, he was really good. He was an important part of their success. Uh, you know, won awards. Uh, yeah, Wilson Berry, who is, was, I think, slated to take his place, has been hurt in camp, I think, with a back issue. They do have uh, Colin Goodfellow, who punted a couple of games last year when uh, Max was out because of COVID or whatever reason. Uh, I mean, to me, I'm going to be interested, to, I think, with, especially because, you know, and as stands to reason, deservedly so. We've talked so much about the offense and the new offense and everything. Uh, you know, I'm going to be interested to see about the special teams and, and punting. Am I, am I wrong about that? Am I wrong to worry about that? No, I think that's a good point, although I do feel a little better about it because, as you mentioned, Colin Goodfellow did camp mm-hmm. last year and was, was okay. I mean, he, yeah. he was you know, perfectly fine. So I think that gives you a little bit of a security blanket there that, you know, otherwise, if you were going into this with a brand new punter who has apparently been injured here in camp, that would that would be a, certainly a, a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think for sure, both of you bringing that up, it, it makes a big difference in terms of how I feel going into the season about that. I mean, obviously, Max is a big loss, you know, and that's probably it's definitely something that doesn't get talked about enough. You know, he was, uh, you know, an All American. Um, right. I think you know, in, in terms of special teams, am I? I'm not misremembering like last year, there were some problems long snapping. You know, there were a few instances where, where Kay DeGraw had a, um, you know, balls went a little further than they needed to. And so, uh, you know, I yeah. hope something, that's, you know, that's something you hope, that's something that you uh, hope is cleaned up. I mean, he's still, he's still out there. I mean, obviously like long snapper is not something you're, you're, you're overly concerned about until it's something you need to be overly concerned about, but he's back out there. So you would think, you know, it's probably cleaned itself up a little bit. Uh, okay, let's wrap this up with this. I wrote a column about, uh, okay, football is back, but will the fans be back? What do you guys think about that? I mean, uh, on the one hand, I've talked to people who they can't wait to get back out there uh, after not being able to have full attendance last year. They want to tailgate. They want to be part of the experience. But I've talked to some other people who are a little leery about going back because of COVID. I've even talked, I've got a neighbor here. Well, now he's a former neighbor. He just moved to told me he found out last year he doesn't need to go to the games. He can watch them on TV. What, what do you guys think on that subject? I think that last thing you said, John, is going to be an even bigger contributor than, than you know, worried about COVID-19 or worried about parking. I think that, I think that last thing you said is going to be the biggest reason why you're going to not see a sold-out stadium on Saturday. People, you know, that was already an issue, right? That was already – people were already getting used to watching the games at home and, and how, you know, cracking open a beer that they didn't have to spend $8 for. Or in the case of Kentucky, you, you could actually you, – you couldn't even buy the stadium. 
and you got to spend a lot more than eight dollars to get a beer at UK. <laughs> you got to be a luxury suite. Go ahead. You got to you got to buy the flask and make sure to you know right. it doesn't get caught. Um, but yeah, no, I think if I had to put a attendance guess, I would. I'm going to say like, I don't know. I'll be optimistic. I th- I'll, I'll say. 53,000. I don't think they're going to, they're not selling this game out. I, I definitely don't think they're going to have a sellout this season opener. And, um, you know, we'll see how it progresses. But I, I do think they're, I think that what you said, that just getting used to being at home, people, especially the people that have been going for years and got to kind of had to kind of got forced into that experience last year. Um, it kind of opens your eyes and you start thinking, you start doing the budgeting and think, well, man, why am I spending, you know, three thousand four thousand dollars a year you know depending on what you're kind of getting into and i could be saving a lot of money and having a lot better time in in most cases what about you mark you know i think it's an interesting question back from the beginning of the pandemic i had my question had been once this was we sort of got back to quote unquote normal would there be a huge pinup demand for just to share in live experiences or would it be, as you all have alluded to, people realize, you know, forced to stay at home, you know, people realize, you know, that there were some benefits to not being at the venue. Now, I think the variable is the, the Delta variant, you know, people still have questions about safety. Um, so I think it will be more, I don't think we're back to normal in sports this year. I think it will be more normal. Um, I think if, people go and have good experiences early and there's not super spreader events and that kind of thing. I think attendance will pick up as the season goes along, but you know, let's be honest, Kentucky just stopped selling out for, for anything, but the big games that, that had happened before the pandemic, but this fan base, which used to always turn out, you know, something changed, you know, early in the previous decade and, 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 you know, this, this Monroe game is not the kind of game that sells out at Kentucky under the best of circumstances. Anymore. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure the Monroe game is a really good judge because you're right. Uh, this type of game doesn't sell out. Uh, also, the noon start, If it, I don't know if it's going to be really hot, but uh, most I think a lot of people are not crazy about the noon start. So we'll, I think Missouri will be more of a test. Let's see what happens with the Missouri game. Uh, but we will be there to cover it on Saturday. Uh, I assume both Mark and Josh will be making predictions online at Kentucky.com. Am I right about that? Well, I have already predicted it once, but I will predict it again at the end of <laughs> yeah, at, the end right, of my, at, at the end of my mysterious matchups. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because right. Mark, be, yeah, be sure and check out Mark's game by game prediction column, and be sure and check out his matchups. And Josh, you're doing your game predictions as well, right? Yeah, my weekly predictions, uh, you know, I don't know what the call it columns article. I don't know. It, it kind of floats in between of, of between analysis and just news in some way. So, but yeah, that's something I, I that's one of my favorite things to do every week. So I'm happy to be back in the season and, and getting to do that. And we'll, uh, yeah, well, hopefully I'm right more than I'm wrong. <laughs> we'll keep a scoreboard on that, Josh, see how that works out for you. Uh, okay. Be sure to follow Mark on Twitter. Mark C. Story, follow Josh, Josh Moore, HL. Check out all their work in the print edition of the Herald Leader, and we'll have plenty of stuff leading up to the game and during during the game and after the game on Kentucky.com as well. Thanks, guys, for being part of the podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks, John. Thank you, John.
Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. Like I mentioned, be sure and follow Mark Story on Twitter, Mark C. Story. Follow Josh Moore on Twitter, Josh Moore HL. And be sure and follow all of their coverage and my coverage as well, all the Herald Leaders coverage leading up to Saturday's game between Kentucky and ULM. Like I mentioned, it's a noon start at Kroger Field. One way you can follow all our coverage is to get a sports pass, sports only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. You'll get all of our UK football, UK basketball, UK recruiting, high school coverage all there, $30 for the first year. Go to my Twitter feed. You can follow me on Twitter, John Clay IV. At the top of the feed, you'll see the information about the Sports Pass subscription. Click on that or go to Kentucky.com. Click on the subscription tab. Check out all of the offers for Kentucky.com and the print edition of the Herald Leader. As I say always, because it's true, we really do appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. We appreciate everybody who, who subscribes to this podcast. You can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Thanks again for everybody who's done that and who has left a review of the podcast because that just helps get the word out about the podcast. Like I mentioned, we got a, we've got actually a couple of podcasts coming up after this one. Uh, one with Josh Moore talk with Terry Bowden, the UL. M coach. Uh, We'll have that up here uh, pretty soon. And then we'll have another preview podcast where where I talk to uh, someone who covers the Warhawks of ULM as well as touching base with Josh as we get ready for Saturday. So look for those podcasts as well. One other reminder, if you go back in the feed, we had a position by position series on UK football, all the positions, Josh and yours truly, we broke it down from quarterbacks, offensive line, defensive line, secondary linebackers, you name it. We talked about it. Go back and find those podcasts as well. Once again, thanks to Mark. Thanks to Josh. Thanks to you guys for listening to the podcast. We'll be talking to you again soon.